to the ExtraordinaryChurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. Genesis chapter 32. We're going to read about 10 verses or so in your hearing. Stress test. I had so many wires connected to me. Praise God. Genesis 32:22. Sorry, y'all had to see all that. I felt like I was getting undressed in front of y'all. Praise God. I was like trying to pull stuff off. Genesis 32:22. My name is Akil Thompson. I'm the pastor here at Extraordinary Church. It's been said, but we say it a lot because we believe it. Try to live it out. Uh, we're the perfect church for imperfect people. Now, let me, let, me, let me make something, let me just make a statement, not to appease the religious, but that doesn't mean in any way that we condone sin. I thought I'd get a few more amens. That doesn't mean we condone your immaturity or your spiritual laziness. But it does mean if you're willing to be authentic and say, yeah, I got issues, I got to work through them, and I want to wrestle with God, I want to talk with people, I want to pray through this, then you're in the perfect place. You're in the perfect place for somebody who wants to lock hands and pursue Jesus and watch God do something miraculous in all of our lives. Praise God. I also want to let you know, we talked about Made for More. If you're not familiar with Made for More, get familiar with it. It is in your app. It is a great way where you can download this resource. We have devotions every day. We explain to you what fasting is. And if so, if you're new or young in your faith, take a moment, read all of that. It will help better educate you as to what fasting is, prayer, the strategic acts of kindness. It will help you tap in to what I believe the Lord Jesus Christ is doing. And we're going to conclude. We have a lot of exciting things coming up uh, at the end of the month. We have Family Sunday. Super excited about Family Sunday. We're going to have... Uh, Jason Roach and his family back with us. We're going to have an amazing time. And so we're looking forward to that. Our kids are going to join us in our worship experience. The last family Sunday we had, one of our children received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We should give a whole lot better response than that. Our, one of our kids received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. This is why we're here, fam. And so we're believing God's going to do that. That can happen downstairs. And then the following weekend, we're going to have Drew Galloway, a friend of mine from Louisiana. He's preaching our youth convention. And he's going to stop by Extraordinary Church before he gets on a plane, preaches guts out. God's going to move. And we're going to wrap up Made for More February 9th. That's 40 days of prayer and fasting. And as we wrap that up, February 10th, February 10th, I mean the the day after made for more Elvis, praise God, my pastor and the apostolic covering of Extraordinary Church, Doug White, is going to be here. He's going to preach Friday night. You do not want to miss it. God is going to do something miraculous Friday night and then Sunday, and I can't wait for that. And so plan accordingly. So many great things going on, and we're going to jump on in. Genesis, you know, I feel a series coming on. That's what I'm saying, Andy. I almost tried, I was like, I feel a serious. I almost tried to do the moonwalk. Then I thought I better stop. I feel a series coming on. Let me tell you why this is so important, fam. I believe what God has given me, what he gave me last week. If you, if you missed it, uh, I'm realizing if we could step into the flow of the Holy Ghost. So Pastor Dan was here on the first, and he preached the mandate of maturity. This is really important because a lot of us in our Christianity, one of the reasons why we never grow is because we kind of behave like an impetulant child. Give me what I want, when I want, how I want. And if you don't act like my cosmic genie, then I'm done. So we have to grow up. Last week we talked about, hey, you know what? You, you got to understand God is trying to do something new. You got to move forward. 
I'm not looking back. That takes some maturity. See, a lot of times when we preach about, oh, I'm moving forward, we think, oh, I want to leave everything bad behind. Well, let me just tell you, like, if you think the Christian life is going to be free of woes and troubles, sorry to burst your bubble. It's going to rain on the just and the unjust. But what you're leaving behind, I'm not looking back. I'm not going, I'm leaving, I put away childish things so that I can mature. And today what I want to talk to you about, I, I rarely ever preach my title or say my title before the text, but transitioning into a new season. Transitioning into a new season. Let's look at the text here. During the night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two servants' wives, and his 11 sons and crossed the, the Jabbok River with him. With them, excuse me. After taking them to the other side, he sent over all his possessions. This, Jake, uh, this left Jacob all alone in the camp, and a man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. When the man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of socket. Then the man said, let me go, for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Some blessings are worth fighting for. What is your name? The man asked. He replied, Jacob. <laughs> I can't wait to preach this. Your name will no longer be Jacob, the man told him. From now on, you will be called Israel because you have fought with God and with men and have won. Please tell me your name, Jacob said. Why do you want to know my name? The man replied. Then he blessed Jacob there. Jacob named the place Penel or Penuel which means the face of God. For he said, I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been spared. The sun was rising as Jacob left Penuel, and he was limping because of the injury to his hip. Even today, the people of Israel don't eat uh, the tendon near the hip socket because of what happened that night when the man strained the tendon of Jacob's hip transitioning into a new season. Would you help me pray? Father, we love you. We bless you. I ask that you speak in this place today. Oh God, your presence is here. We honor you for your glory. Oh Lord God, we honor you for your majesty. I pray that you would anoint me to preach and to teach your word with relevancy and with accuracy. Anoint the hearer, God. Let it be a dialogue. Let it be an honest conversation with ourselves and with you. And I declare we are transitioning into a new season in the name of Jesus Christ. Would you clap your hands unto the Lord? High five somebody, tell them I'm transitioning. And then you can be seated. If you need to run across the aisle, I got to high five somebody. Alex, I'm transitioning. Praise God. Marcus, give me some. I'm transitioning. Praise God. I'm going to get Jaden because he's going to make me wait. Praise God. Wait, Pookie, I'm transitioning. I'm transitioning. Praise God. I'm transitioning. Love you, boy. <laughs> I was teasing him the whole time. I just give him a hard time, but I'm thankful for Jaden. At least he takes it with a good attitude. Praise God. Praise God. There are certain things that the Lord has created that simply bewilder me. Um, we serve a creative God. Can somebody say amen? Uh, and when you look at all of creation, I don't know about you, but there's times when I'm just like, I don't know if it's because I'm getting older, but when I was younger, you know, I was like, Dad, really, are you stopping right now to kind of pull over and look at that? I was like, I'm, I'm trying to get to where I'm trying to go to Disney World, Dad, you know. Uh, but there's something about uh, just aging a little bit and traveling. It gives you an appreciation for God's majesty and what he has created. There's times when I'm driving on the road and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I got to just pull over and take this in for a moment. Let me just breathe this in. Let me even take a photo. We serve a creative God. When I look at the animals that he's created, and I'm like, really, God? You can't tell me he doesn't have a sense of humor. You can't tell me that he's not creative. You know, owls, uh, I Googled this because I don't run around with these random facts in my head. Owls can twist their head 270 degrees. 
Some of us are like, ah, ah. Not, not, not even, not, not. 270 degrees. Nadine, that was pretty good. <laughs> Did y'all see Nadine? I'm not going to make you come up and do it. Praise God. These birds have the insane ability to swivel their heads almost in a full circle thanks to their flexibility and the fact that their heads are only connected by one socket pivot. The African lungfish can survive out of water for more than a year. When it feels like it's in a life-threatening situation, it literally secretes a mucus cocoon and buries itself in the soil. It's fascinating, and it's got its lungs, and it's able to breathe beneath the surface. And then I, I, I prayed about this because I said, Lord, why did, why, why did you have to create mosquitoes? The most deadliest insect on the planet. And for those that are, are fairer skinned, you might not empathize with me, but I'm telling you, mosquitoes like dark meat. I will be out with Sarah, and I will be swinging and fussing and fighting and hitting stuff. And she's like, well, I'm like, these mosquitoes are tearing me up. And she's like, they haven't touched me at all. And I'm like, that's because they like dark meat. Clearly, this is a scenario where the darker the berry, the sweeter. Praise God. And so they just, it's like, come on, just come get what you need so you can go. And these mosquitoes will not leave me alone. Something else, though, I mean, he is... God is so creative, but I, I want us to understand something else that I find perplexing is time. Time is very interesting because when we look at the characteristics of God, there are certain things that reveal, if you stare at him, they not only reveal his character, but his divine nature. God is omniscient. Anybody know what that means? It means he knows all things. You don't need to hide anything from God. I'm going to help you right now. You don't need to hide anything from God. You can understand that he knows all things. God is omnipotent, which means he has all power. Praise God. Isn't it comforting to know that the God that you and I serve has all power? That no matter what you're experiencing, he has all power. He's got power over sickness. He's got power over death, hell, and the grave. He's got power over your drama. He's got power over your trauma. He's got power. Jesus said, all power has been given unto me in heaven and in earth. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. There's no place, the psalmist said, he said, hey, if I make my bed in the heaven, if I ascend into the deepest parts of hell, you are everywhere. God is eternal, which means there's no beginning nor an ending. He has always been. He was and is and will be. He was before you were. He was before Abraham was. He was before creation. He was before there was a star, a sky, a sun, a moon. It makes no difference. He was there. Praise God. He was there while you were a sinner. He's here while you are a saint. He is here. What's interesting, though, is that God who is omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent, and eternal, stands outside of time, yet he created time. Praise God. You can read about the account of this in Genesis chapter 1. You'll notice the phrase, and the evening passed and the morning came, marking the first day. And the evening passed and the morning came and it marked the second day. This phrase is repeated on six occasions. God created the sun, the moon, the stars, the trees, the planets, the animals, and humans. He created all of this, including time itself. Scientists are not only puzzled by creation, they're, they're diving deep into the abyss, discovering animals. It's crazy. Animals that they're, they're like, what is this? We've never seen this before. They're still learning about creation. And scientists are still puzzled by time. 
trying to figure out how time and space move. In fact, one of the most popular scientists, Albert Einstein, tried to tap into the understanding of time and space when he developed the special uh, theory of special relativity. And again, this is not something I just walk around and head knowledge, but it says here I googled special relativity is an explanation of how speed affects mass, time, and space. The theory includes a way for the speed of light to define the relationship between energy and matter. Small amounts of mass can be interchangeable with enormous amounts of energy as defined by the classic equation E equals mc squared. I'll spare you the science education I got over the last few days asking Google and simply ask you to take a deeper look on your own time. But let's break down time into three categories that we all can understand. Past, present, and future. This is why I believe the Lord has created time. I believe God created time so that we can enjoy the present, having made it through our past. Looking forward to our future. I don't know about you, I'm going to push pause right here and let you know that your life might be tough, but you might want to make sure you really have given Jesus your whole heart because we're living to live again. Our our blessed hope is not more money. Our our, our blessed hope is not a fat retirement account. Our blessed hope is that he's going to split that eastern sky. The dead in Christ shall rise and that that corruptible shall put on incorruption. And the dead in Christ are going to rise and meet him in the air. This is why we're living. This is why I'm breathing. That is my blessed hope. We don't preach about heaven that much anymore or his return. But that is why we're here. That is why I'm living to be with him. Heaven is pointless if it's not with him. Eternity is pointless if it's not with him. I'm not living for a better bank account. I'm not living to have 10 pieces of property. I'm living so that I can hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I want to know him. I have to know him. I can't survive without him. And I've told you this in love. If we're going to mature, you, if you don't want to spend time with him here, don't kid yourself. Don't kid yourself. You don't want to spend time with him for eternity. I know that might sound harsh. You might be like, dang, bro. But I'm trying to help you. Every one of us has a past. Thank you, Deborah Lee. Thank you, Nadine, as she turned her neck. Thank you, Pastor Barry. I think I heard Elvis say amen. Every one of us has a past. Everyone has a present. And everyone has a future. And for the rest of you all that didn't say yes and amen, you look really nice today. But you didn't always look that way. I know you look cute today. And everything looks good and nobody would know that you were snorting cocaine. I know you look good right now and nobody would ever thought you've had over 15, 20 different sexual partners. It ain't nothing but the, we all have a past. We weren't always saved. We weren't always speaking in tongues. We weren't always dancing in the church. We danced in clubs every night. Some of us got drunk every night. But somewhere in our journey, God intersected with our present and said, I'm removing you from your past. I'm bringing you into the present and giving you a new future. Somebody ought to thank God because he's faithful. He's loving. He reached down in our mess, pulled us up out of our dysfunction, out of worshiping idols that were fashioned by our hands and said, I've got a plan and purpose for you. Got a future for you. I said this last week, and I got to say it again. I need you to get this. You got to get this word in your spirit, transition. Transition. I need everybody to say transition. Say it again. Say it one more time. Praise God. I know I said it last week, and you're like, are we going to do it? We might, while I do this series, we, I might have you say it all the time. Just because I told you last week, when I'm teaching about a word, I need it to be in, that's probably not in your daily vocabulary. Saying it and repeating it might be the time where you say it the most, or perhaps even at all. So to hear yourself say a word that you don't normally use might or may not connect you to what I'm trying to communicate, and I need you to get this. And so, one of the reasons we don't transition well is our attachments to seasons 
that prevent us from taking the next step. I need you to look at your neighbor, tell him, let it go. Look at your other neighbor, say, yeah, he's talking to you. You got to let it go. You are not going to be able to move forward until you let go of what's holding you back. What you need to understand is, I'm going to help you, that thing is not holding on to you. You are holding on to it. And so one of the things that we get all bent out of shape about is we talked about God being the, the, the he, is, uh, he is not bound by time. He is eternal. But he does, he did create time. So what we have to understand is we wouldn't be so attached to a season if we truly appreciated the fact that he is the Alpha and Omega. In other words, he is just not the God who orchestrates beginnings because we get excited, oh, it's a new season, praise God. But he is also the God who orchestrates the endings. He's the God who orchestrates their beginnings and the endings. And beginnings, if we're going to say hello to our tomorrow, we got to be like, peace to yesterday. If I, if I want to walk in something new, I got to let go of the old. Is somebody, am I helping somebody? So he's not just the God that arranges beginnings, but he also orchestrates endings. And one of the reasons, one of the reasons we have to be careful because you have to understand, the reason why we don't reach and fulfill our purpose and experience the more God has made us for is not because we don't have a desire for something new. We all have the desire for something new. We just choose to not let go of the old. So Jacob is an interesting dude. We all have a past, a present, and a future. Jacob is no different than us. I love the historical account of Jacob because when we read the Bible, we have context. We can look at his past, we can look at his present, and see what his future was like. But to truly understand the significance of how Jacob transitioned into a new season, we have to go back and understand his yesterday. To understand his today, we have to look back and see what brought him to today. What was the context of Jacob's yesterday? Jacob is named as one of the patriarchal fathers along with his grandfather Abraham and his father Isaac. But just because he is mentioned with one of the patriarchal fathers does not mean that his upbringing was ideal. Can I tell you that you can have the promise of God on your life, but that does not mean you get to escape suffering. I, I was kind of going here earlier. In, in fact, if anybody tells you uh, that becoming a Christian in your life is going to be perfect, let me just look at everybody. They lying. They line. That's that. Oh, wait, wait. I'm going to sound young. Y'all ready for this? That's cap. That's cap. <laughs> Thank you, Bishop. Thank you, Bishop. So, this is why. <laughs> this is why Jesus said, I said it on Wednesday. He said, If you're going to follow me, take up your cross and follow me. Why do you need a cross? Because you're about to be crucified. This ain't for optics. This ain't so you can be like, oh yeah, I'm a Jesus follower. No, you're about to die a thousand deaths. You're about to be crucified. He said, no man can follow me unless you come and pick up your, deny yourself. Take up your cross. That's why Peter, he said in 1 Peter 4, 12 through 19, I'm just going to read it to you. It says, dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you're going through as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering. Oh, God. If we could understand the purpose of the trial, it brings us into close intimacy and partnership with him so that you will have, watch what it will do, you will have wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. If you are insulted because you bear the name of Christ, you will be blessed 
for the glorious spirit of God rests upon you. If you suffer, however, it must not be for murder, stealing, making trouble, or prying into other people's affairs. That's your own trouble. That's just reaping what you sow. But it is no shame to suffer for being a Christian. Praise God for the privilege of being called by his name. For the time has come for judgment, and it must begin with God's household. And if judgment begins with us, what terrible fate awaits those who've never obeyed God's good news? And also, if the righteous are barely saved, what will happen to the godless sinners? So if you are suffering in a manner that pleases God, check out when you're suffering what you should be doing. Keep on doing what's right. <laughs> you're suffering keep on serving. You suffering, keep on loving. You suffering, keep on forgiving. You suffering, keep on obeying. You suffering, keep on praising. You suffering, keep on worshiping. Do what is right and trust your lives to the God who created you, for he will never fail you. You want to know why? When you become a Christian, you immediately become a threat to the kingdom of darkness. And the devils, they don't like threats, so he's going to come after you. And this is what happens. Check this out. The birth of Jacob. God speaks to Rebecca, Jacob's mother, and says, hey, you're pregnant with twins. She's like, like that meme, my girl. She's like, what? You're pregnant with twins, and within you are two nations, two people groups. And these two nations are at war with one another. One will be stronger while the other will be weaker. The older is going to serve the younger. Who was first, Elvis? No, I'm just kidding. Don't answer that. This scenario, <laughs> this scenario is out of the context of normalcy and has been flipped upside down. Typically, the younger would serve the older but God turned it around. <laughs> when Esau, his older brother, and Jacob were born, check this out. Esau comes out first, and Jacob grabs onto his heel. So the very beginning of Jacob's introduction to the world is already in conflict and turmoil. I mean, he's already at odds with his brother. He's clinging onto something like he's trying to snatch his butt back in the womb. And Isaac and Rebekah, they named their son Esau, which means hairy. Do we need to say more? Of course, their younger son is named Jacob, cheater, a deceiver, supplanter. So Jacob, as an infant, is called a cheater. Now imagine you're Jacob. We have context. But if you're Jacob, I guarantee you, Dude was trying to find another name. Trying to find something else he could go by. Yo, just call me Jay. No matter, because can you imagine? They'd be like, hey, yo, Jacob. You know what they're saying? When they called Jacob, they're calling him a deceiver. When they say, Jacob, supplanter. When they say, hey, Jacob, hey. Oh, oh, we about to play Uno. You can't play. You can't play because we know how you're going to get down. We're we about, we about to play Monopoly. And no, you can't be the banker. No, because we, we know who you are. You're a cheater. You're a cheater. Some of us get called an identity that doesn't belong to us. It's just that we grew up in a certain situation or we've been associated with certain people that will try to put an identity on you that God didn't put on you. Some people will say, oh, you're a liar because your daddy was a liar or you're a cheater because your mama was a cheater or you'll always have this problem because your family always had this problem or you didn't, you'll end up in this situation because everybody that goes to that universe, nobody graduates. Jacob is dealing with an identity that was put on him which he hasn't even reconciled or worked out yet, fam. I'm talking about Jacob's yesterday. So then Jacob gets a little older. And after being called a cheater and a deceiver, 
Day after day after day after day, he finally begins to believe that he actually is what they say he is. This is why you have to be careful who you are around and what they call you. Now, Jacob is apparently a good cook. He could throw down in the kitchen. He's out in the middle of the field, got the open fire, cooking, and he done whipped up something. He knows his brother's been, been out of pocket for a little bit, going hunting. So Esau's on his way back home, and he's passing by, and, and Jacob got, that, he got that, that, that stove just popping. And that aroma just kind of hits Esau different. Esau's like, man, bro, what's good? I've been gone several days, and I've caught absolutely nothing. I'm starving. And Jacob's like, bro, I know. I know you're starving. Why do you think I've been out here cooking like this? I've been seasoning this thing just right for you, bro. I got a bowl right here for you, baby. And he's like, matter of fact, I got two bowls. Matter of fact, I got all you can eat. But it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you your birthright. Now, wait a second, fam. This, this ain't apples to apples. <laughs> uh, a, a couple bowls of, I know the soup is slamming, but my birthright? This isn't oranges to oranges. Let me just, this is why you got to be very careful the decisions you make when you're hungry. Be careful of the decisions you make when you're alone. Be careful of the decisions you make when you're weak. You think I'm just talking about natural food, but be careful of the decisions you make when you're hungry for affection. Be careful of the decisions you make when you're hungry for attention and achievement. Because in those moments when you're hungry, you'll make a decision and you'll sacrifice something and pay a price you're not really prepared to pay. Don't make decisions when you're hungry. Don't make decisions when you're isolated. Don't make decisions when you think you're starving. So he's hungry. He's, he's, he's desolate. He's empty. And he's willing to trade birthright blessing that God has put on his life for momentary satisfaction. When, when you're hungry or hungry, hungry, yeah, you'll start trading eternal blessings for temporary things. So, Jacob cheats his brother out of his birthright. And Esau doesn't even think anything about it. This is actually the first account, recorded account, that we see of Jacob living up to his name. And Esau's rationale is like, what good is a birthright if I can't live to enjoy it? Like, like he couldn't wait a few more kilometers to get to mama's house and eat what she had made yesterday. He couldn't hang on just a little bit. So he's like, what's the point if I'm not going to be able to enjoy it? This, kind of warp, this is the kind of warped thinking we'll start to have when we're hungry. So Jacob does what he does, cheats his brother. And once he does that, it's a slippery slope. He's got one more thing. He's like, oh, 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 oh. I got the birthright. Now I got to get the blessing. So his mom is like, yo, yo, yo. I, I this family, <laughs> this family, something, boy. She's like, baby, I was cooking in the kitchen. And I, I overheard dad. He think he going to be done. He's like, I'm, I'm, I'm dying. He said, I, he told Esau, I'm going up yonder. She's like, he ain't going nowhere. But he told his son Esau, go out and catch me some of that game I like. 
He said, hook it up like I like it, Esau. And he said, when you do that, I'm going to bless you. So, remember, look at, look at Jacob's progression. He's so quick. He's done it once. After you do it the first time, the second time is a lot easier. He begins to live this out. He's like, hey, uh, she said, what, what I'm going to do is this. Esau's going to go and try to catch something. So what I want you to do is I'm going to go out and kill this little goat, right? And I'm going to kill the goat. I'm going to take the goat off and uh, I'm going to hook it up. Because she said, Esau don't really know how to cook. I know. I mean, he learned that from me. So I'm, he, he using my recipe. I, you know, so, you know, your dad just, he ain't thinking right. So I'm going I'm to I'm make the recipe like I always do. And then we're going to take that skin off the goat and we're going to cover you in it. How hairy is this brother? I mean, dang, fam, what are we doing? Uh, goat's hair? Have you ever pet a goat? I mean, it's like coarse, like prickly. And This brother was hairy. And so this man has to put on goat's skin. Puts on the goat skin. And shows up with dad. Come here, Jaden. I know you. I'm, I'll, I'll be. Oh, sorry, son. But you're my boy. I love you, boy. <laughs> I remember. I, love, <laughs> I was telling Mia something funny. I was just, so he's like, man, man, man. He's like, man, you feel like Esau. Harry is all get out. He's like, you smell like Esau. You're not hairy, praise God, praise God. And you don't smell like a, a, a goat, praise God. But he's like, you, what kind of compliment is that to your son? You smell like a goat, man, fam, go take a bath, praise God. Put on some deodorant too. So he's like, you smell like Esau, but when I hear you talk, Something don't sound right. And here he is, deceiving his best. Good job, Esau. Thank you. Thank you. Jacob. My bad, Jacob. Jacob, thank you. He's like, when I hear you talk, though, something don't sound right. And Jacob is like, <clears throat> I mean, what did he do? Cover his mouth? <laughs> Was he far away? Because, I mean, how do you not know your voice? Voices. And so he's like, yeah, dad, this is me. This is me. This is me. He's like, man, the food smells like, like Esau's food. He's like, Bring, give, 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 give it to me so that I can eat as I trip up the steps and bless you. And so check, this is crazy. He has, now, here's what things work out. Isaac says, you feel like Esau, you smell like Esau, the food tastes like Esau's, but the voice doesn't sound right. And he has what belonged to him in the first place. But my, my man Jacob, he, he went about trying to get it in his own power. See, here's what you need to understand. Anytime that you try to do the will of God in your own power, it will not work out well for you. As a matter of fact, this whole act of getting the birthright and the blessing didn't work in Jacob's favor because as soon as he got it, what did he have to do? He's running for his life. Why? Because when Esau found out that he took, Esau was so distraught, he's weeping, he's wailing. And he's like, don't you have a blessing for me, Dad? And his dad was like, no, I don't, son. I've already done it. As a matter of fact, it was like a curse he got. And he's like, oh, so he is so hot. Esau is like, you know what? You told me you were going to be dead. So the moment you're dead, I'm going to find that boy and I'm going to kill him. So, mama hears that too. Mama got sensitive ears, boy. Well, I wouldn't want to live in that house. You say anything, Richard, what? She, 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 do, 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 do. she gets tuned right in on that thing, boy. She said, hey, baby, it's a wrap. Esau's come get you. Even daddy was like, no, 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 he's pretty upset. <laughs> he was like, your mama right. 
he was like, what do I do? And he was like, yeah, you might want to go to some of our family. Maybe see if you can find Laban in there. Because if East, he's like, I'm old, son. I, I, I didn't even know you were Jacob. So I can't stop him. Ain't nothing I can do. You best get to running. Can you imagine the panic, the fear, the desperation? Jacob is not just running. He is running for his life. He's so tired of running. He's so confused and disoriented. When the man goes to sleep, you know what he falls to sleep on? A rock. How tired of running do you have to be to sleep on a rock and think it's a pillow? This man is completely and utterly exhausted from running. And the crazy thing, he falls asleep in exhaustion. And while he sleeps, the Bible says that the heavens open up and a stairway comes down and angels are descending and ascending. And he looks in this dream at the top of the ladder and he sees the Lord. And the Lord says, Jacob, I am with you. I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to make all the things come to pass that I promised to you. I'll make it happen. And Jacob was like, wait a second. This is unreal. He, he, he woke up and said, surely God was in this place, and I didn't even know it. How many of you all know when you're running, he'll still meet you? <laughs> even when you're exhausted, he'll still meet you. Even when you're running away from your problems, he'll still meet you. Even when you're trying to fix it on your own, he'll still meet you. And the Bible says, now Jacob's trying to do right. The Bible says that when Jacob, he runs and he meets his family, Laban, and the Bible actually uses this language. He tells Laban all things. Tells him everything. Tells him everything. In other words, Jacob is trying to deal with his past. He's trying to be honest. He's trying to keep it real. He's trying to be honest and leave his past behind him. A fresh start. Man, I made it to Laban safely. And he falls in love. He sees, sees this, this woman named, named Rachel. And he's like, oh, my God. I ain't never seen anybody like you. All, every, I'm coming after you. And Laban's like, that's a really good idea. But it's, you got to work for seven years. And, 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 and Jacob doesn't even blink. He's like, is that it? Remember, he's trying to be honest. So he's like, I'm going to do that. Now, I don't got time to unpack this story. I don't know how long I've been preaching. But a lot of stuff happens in between that would make you think, like, well, Jacob, how did you not know? Right? But... If we keep it real, like his daddy didn't even know. So something was, something was in the blood. Because his daddy didn't know he was talking to, which son he was talking to. And Jacob works for seven years, goes to get married, and looks, and it's not Rachel. It's Leah. Can you imagine waking up? What? And the crazy thing about this is, he, Laban's like, well, you know, I got to let you know a little something. What, what you didn't know is, you know, the eldest has got to be given away first. The Bible says that, uh, depending upon the translation you look at, it talks about Leah's eyes. I don't know if she, it's one translation says weak eyes. I don't know what that means. <laughs> But clearly, clearly, Jacob did not like it. I don't know if she made your eyes weak to look at her. Just being funny. I'm, I, I, I know what it means. So, he has this interaction. And Laban's like, hey, you know what? You can do it. You can work another seven years. Remember, Jacob is trying to 
make things right. Be honest. So he's like, you know what? I'll work another seven years. Works another seven years and links up with Rachel, the love of his life. And in total, he works for Laban 20 years. Wants to be a respectable man. Wants to, because he knows he cheated his brother out of a blessing. But you cannot earn what God has for you in your own power. What we're talking about is Jacob's yesterday. I'm talking about his yesterday. So all of this stuff happens, and Jacob now says, you know what? I'm done with it. I've got my possessions. I've got my wives. I've got my servants. I've got my kids. I'm going to make my way back home, and you know what? I'm going to face Esau. I'm going to confront my past, and hopefully I can send some servants ahead, and I can send some gifts ahead, and I can send some livestock ahead to maybe soften the blow or to mitigate Esau's anger. Maybe we can make up and maybe I can tell him, hey, I was young. I was dumb. I made mistakes. I've done some things. I wish I could get a do-over. Perhaps he'll forgive me and maybe we can even share some of the blessings. So he's on his way to meet Esau. He sends some of the servants ahead. Some of the servants come back and they say, hey, bro, listen, I know you sent gifts and stuff, but it only provoked Esau. He's coming back with 400 trained soldiers. So Jacob now finds himself at the place called the Brook of Jabbok or, or Jabbok, and he sends his servants and his wife and his kids and livestock ahead, and here he is all alone by himself between his past and his present. Laban behind him, Esau is coming, facing him. Here he is have to deal with all this stuff. He's in, the, he's in between the past and the present, and he's looking at what he doesn't know his future is going to unfold. He's in what I call the transition zone. It's the intersection of the future and the past, and you're right in the middle. And Jacob finds himself right there. And now he's at a place called Jabbok, and it's significant that he's at this place, Jabbok, because if you look it up, the etymology of it means emptiness. It's a brook that runs for about 60 miles into the River Jordan. But it's called emptiness because it's literally emptying itself out into the River of Jordan. And that's significant because God meets him at his lowest point. In the dark, when he's empty of himself, empty of hope, empty of a future. He has no hope in the past. He just wants to be free of where he's at right now. So God meets him where he is and begins to wrestle with him. And as they wrestle, they wrestle all night long. And as they're wrestling, the scripture says that the day begins to break. In other words, somewhere on the horizon, the light starts to show up. And God says, hey, you won't let me go when the day is breaking. Why don't you let me go so you can just live your life? The way you want to live your life, the way you've always lived your life. But Jacob in that wrestling match is like, God, listen, I'm sick and tired of dealing with my yesterday and letting my yesterdays haunt me. I don't know what my future holds, but I do know this. I'm sick and tired of dealing with this past. I'm tired of living the way that I've been living. I need a change. I don't want to go back to being a cheater. I don't want to go back to being a deceiver. I don't want to go back to yesterday or what I used to do. Who used to be around? I'm ready to let go of all that stuff, and I'll die trying to get to tomorrow. So this is crazy. He's wrestling with God. And the Scripture says that God touches Jacob's hip and pulls his hip out of socket. He dislocates his hip which happens to be one of the most painful dislocations that you can experience in your body. Can you imagine having your hip dislocated, broken in a moment just like that? You would think that Jacob would be like, okay, I'm tapping out. I'm done. Instead, he's like, no, 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 no. I will not go back till tomorrow. I will not let go until you bless me. I will not let go until I experience what's on the horizon. I will not let go until you do what you got to do in me. If you got to break my hip, break my hip. If you got to shake me up, shake me up. If you have to wrestle me to the ground, wrestle me to the ground. If you have to do whatever you got to do, but I'm not going into my future hanging on to my past. So God breaks his hip and in agony and in suffering, he's still wrestling with God. 
Can I tell you, you guys, sometimes you have to wrestle even when it hurts. Even if it's dislocating your hip. Even if it changes the way you walk. Even if it changes the way you feel. You still got to keep wrestling with God because it's testing you. And this is significant. This is significant for Jacob because what's the one, what's the number one result of a broken hip? You cannot run. God said to Jacob, for the last 20 years, you've been running. You ran and got your birthright. You ran and got your blessing. You ran when I visited you and ran to Uncle Laban's house, thinking that was going to be the answer. You ran for seven years to get Leah. You ran for seven years to get Rachel. You ran another seven years to get some livestock. You, now you're running from Laban, and now you're over here trying to figure out what to do with Esau. You've been running all your life, but your running is over. If you want to change your today, walk different into tomorrow. In other words, God's saying, I got to break some habits off of you, Jacob. You've been running, you've been running, you've been running to change your name, but here's the deal. If you let me break this off of you, your destiny will be different. If you let me break this off of you, your legacy will be different. If you let me break this off of you, your future will be different. So, God asked him a question. What's your name? You mean to tell me? The eternal, omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent God doesn't know your name? No. He knows his name full well. What he wants Jacob to do is to confront the truth. Who are you, man? Who are you? Who are you really? Let's get to the root of it. Let's get to the bottom of it. Let's not talk about the topical surfaces. Let's not talk about the, the symptoms. Let's get to the root of the matter, Jacob. Who are you? Jacob says, I'm Jacob. I'm a, I'm a cheater. I'm a deceiver. I'm a fake. I'm a fraud. I'm not really who everybody thinks I am. I've got these blessings, but they don't. They don't even know how I got. They don't know how I got them. I only got them because of your goodness and your mercy. But they think I'm faking everybody out. You can't confer. You can't change what you're unwilling to confront. So the Holy Ghost is here, telling me, "Hey." You want to go into a new season? Who are you? Who are you really? Who is the real you? You want to go into a new season? Answer that question. Answer it honestly. So God answers it. I mean, Jacob answers it. And you know what he says? Oh, the Lord says, okay, no more Jacob. Somebody else should, get, should be happy about that because I'm trying to give you some hope. Here's the thing. It's not over when you acknowledge it. It's just beginning. Your past will no longer haunt you. It won't catch up to you when you acknowledge it, when you confess it, when you declare it. Not like that's who you're going to be, but God, this is who I have been. When you say that, he says, you're no longer Jacob. Your name is now Israel. You used to be a deceiver. You used to be a supplanter. But now you've wrestled with me. You've gotten something from me. You've gone through a change and a transformation. Can I tell you, God dealt with his yesterday.
Praise God. God dealt with you. God is trying to break some things. Oh, he's trying to break some things up off of you. He's trying to dislocate you from some things. Whatever kind of sorrow, whatever kind of grief, you need to understand there's a dawning of a new day. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. The latter shall be greater than the former. Good and greater things are yet to come. That's why we sang that song today. Greater things are yet to come. I don't know what you came in here with. And I'm going to wrap up because it's 430. Musicians, you can come. Musicians, you can come. Praise God. I don't know what you came in here with. I don't know what your 2022 was like. I don't know what you faced. Could have been one of the greatest years of your life. Could also be one of the more difficult years of your life. Maybe you've gone through loss. Maybe you've had to separate yourself from some people. Maybe you lost your job. Car broke down. Maybe you had to separate yourself from family members. Maybe you had a lot to deal with. Maybe you had to get away from some fake Christians. Maybe you had to redefine the definition of God's goodness. Maybe you had to go through some deconstruction. Maybe you had to call some people say, hey man, I'm telling you right now, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. You know, I, we had an amazing time in the safe room this past Friday night and the Lord had given me, not necessarily revelation, but um, the, the Pharisees, they suffocated the Israelites um, because they would oppress them with laws. And they literally added uh, in excess of 630 laws to the law. And it was daunting. People could not fulfill it. They were completely and utterly exhausted. They're being oppressed by what's supposed to set them free. And they're being oppressed and tormented by the Roman government. So they're getting it every way you can think of. So the religious people are attacking Jesus. Wow. That's what religious people do. They attack. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> I told the young adults, let me just help you all with this too. You know what? We live in a world where we say, you know, don't judge me. Don't do this. Look, if an orange is an orange, I'm going to call it an orange. That's not judgment. That's just it's fruit inspection. If you're a liar, you're a liar. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, I mean, the, the truth is it's not judgment. If you're a cheater, you're a cheater. If you're a gossiper, you're a gossiper. It, an apple is an apple. It's not judgment, it's just facts. Jesus. So they're trying to trick Jesus. And they're like, which of the greatest of these laws is the greatest? Because, you know, they got 633. So they're always trying to trap him. And they're like, he can't. What, 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 what is he going to say? And you know what he says? Love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is to love your neighbor like yourself. And then he just shuts them up. Everything hangs on these two commandments. What? What? But I got 633 
I got 633. Can you imagine the people that were oppressed? And they're like, wait a second. I don't have to jump through this hoop. And I don't have to climb over this hurdle. All I have to do is love God with everything that's within me and love people like I love myself. Liberty. He's giving them an opportunity to breathe again. I want us all to stand. And the Holy Ghost is here. I want to bless everybody for watching online. That watched online. Thank you so much. Come back and see us in person. We'd love to have you. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.